Hey, you're listening to the Riverdale Podcast, the official Archie Comics Podcast. My name is Jonathan. Welcome to lovely Riverdale, USA. All right, folks, this is the official Archie Comics podcast, the Riverdale podcast. We update every Saturday morning, and every week we break things up four ways. First up is the book of the week. That's the comic book I read this week. Sometimes it's a new comic book. Sometimes it's an old comic book, but it's always an Archie comic book. We move then to the news of the week. That's what happened in the world of Archie in the week since our last podcast. Then on to new releases. That's what came out this past Wednesday, what will be coming up this coming Wednesday, and your digital releases of the week. We're going to wrap up today with a voicemail from a listener. We'll be listening to that, responding to that. That's what the show looks like this week. So let's get excited. Let's jump into it. Let's get into the book of the week. All right, folks, this week's book of the week is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, number four. Now, there was a question posed um, on this very podcast. Someone had, had written in, um, maybe not last week, maybe the week before, um, asking what my favorite Archie Comics title was. Um, and I hadn't really considered it. I hadn't thought about it. But my immediate response was Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And with issue four here in hand, um, I, I can say very strongly that I still stand by that statement. This is an exceptional book, you guys. Um, I, I, I'm just sort of continually in awe of what they've been able to accomplish here. Um, and let's back up a bit and say that they are uh, writer Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, also the chief creative officer of Archie Comics. Um, artwork by Robert Hack, and we'll get a lot into the artwork as we go here. I have a lot to say about this artwork. Um, but uh, when we say artwork by Robert Hack, that is um, pencils, inks, colors, everything. Letters by Jack Morelli, um, who whose contributions can't be, you know, can't be overlooked here. Um, they're fantastic. Uh, he makes some really good choices throughout here, uh, and of course, uh, published by John Goldwater. Um, the, the initial response to this comic when it launched uh, last Halloween, just before uh, last year's New York Comic Con, there was an immediate reaction by, by many and, and by myself as well to the tone that was set, to the, the way that the artwork and the way that the storyline kind of came together um, and made a really unsettling, really eerie kind of... Um, sensation uh w- with the reader i'll say uh myself personally um it it uh it feels very odd it sits a little strangely when you read it and uh the fact that it's set in the past um adds to that somehow but what what we've really nailed down over the last few issues and what has really um become apparent in this issue, issue four, is that the storyline is really moving forward and we're really getting an idea of what this book is going to be about. Um, And if this issue is any indication, um, it's going to be 
about us like that that uh, these themes of like teenage rebellion, which is awesome. Um, I I think that you know something they they got into you know for the the limited amount that I have seen um, you know the Melissa Joan Hart TV series of Sabrina um, and the uh, I, I've read the majority of Tanya Del Rio's. Um, sort of manga themed Sabrina stuff um, that, you know, that push and pull between, you know, the world of witches and the world of humans, you know, a sort of normal uh, mankind um, is something that's integral to the character. And I think that with this issue, we're really starting to push um, up against these sort of things, which, um, which is like a, you know, a universal teenage thing to sort of like you know be be raised by the folks who raise you and uh sort of adopt their um their their morals their um you know their worldview um and then when you reach a certain age you start to question that and push up against that whether whether you come around to feeling the same way later um part of that that time in your life is that discovery and that um that pushback, I guess, for lack of a better term, that sort of rebellion. Um, and it feels very much like this is where um, this team is going with Sabrina. Now, we left off the last issue with a huge cliffhanger. Um, I don't want to get into to too many spoilers here, and I, I will try to be, I'll try to dodge those. But the uh, third issue left off with uh, Harvey interrupting a very... Um, a very important and a very grim um, and terrifying milestone in Sabrina's life. Um, and uh, there, so that happened in the third issue. And then here in the fourth issue, we get the consequences of that, which are, are pretty severe um, for everyone involved. You know, no one, no one really comes out unscathed at the end of this issue. Um, and a lot is set up for what's coming. Uh, this book has great cliffhangers. Um, and cliffhangers are really what comics are based on um is you know in the monthly books for sure uh when you're making something episodic um having that hook at the end of the issue to pull you into the next one is so important and that's something that these guys nail um issue after issue um so the the sort of last page uh reveal the last page conversation that's going on in this issue points at something um, very, uh, very alarming, and uh, it's going to be very exciting to get to in the story. So, um, while we're talking about the book, and while we're uh, avoiding spoilers, uh, because this book came out just a few days ago, just this past Wednesday, I want to make sure everybody gets gets a chance to read this uh, spoiler free. What I really want to talk about in this book is the art. Is talking about the cartooning in this um and i have you know my own particular feelings about what cartooning is and to me uh you know the concept of of cartooning uh in my mind and as i define it is a a real like a distillation of of the world and of the human form is um taking something as complicated as the world we live in or the people we interact with, the, you know, the concept of the human body and drawing that down, you know, no pun intended, drawing that down to 
the you know the least number of lines that you need to accomplish that and you know going going back i sort of look to uh someone like charles schultz someone like uh alex toth um who is really able to define things with um with simple shapes um and really uh was able to subtract the things that didn't need to be there um and i think that you know looking at this book from issue 1 um the impression i got was that it was a very like painted style that it was very much um you know not really like an alex ross style painted book but um it was a book that was you know penciled and inked um and then colored in such a way that it really looks like a painted book um, and that's sort of the, the part of my brain I've been viewing it from is that it, it looks like a, like a, a beautiful painting. And what really came through in this issue, um, and really from the, the very first page is how much line work there is in here, how much cartooning there is here. Um, and a, a lot of those, um, simple lines, and, uh, and and simple shapes are really um, enhanced by the painted textures um, that Robert Hack employs here. So if you're if you're looking at the issue, if you look at the very first page, um, there's a <laughs> I hesitate to say a beautiful image of Sabrina, um, just her her head in sort of a three quarter turn, um, sort of looking at the reader, uh, but you know looking at Harvey within the scene. Um, and there's, you know, a, a subtlety to the way that her bangs are drawn. Um, and there's, uh, just a, a really, uh, deliberate, uh, like perfect brushstroke, uh, to imply her headband, her sort of iconic headband. And her white hair is like very, very white. Uh, and of course she is also, uh, covered in blood, which obscures some of the details of her face, which are very, very, um uh very like beautiful and and uh small and delicate and i would be very interested in seeing maybe the the pencils to this page before it was painted because i feel that the the number of lines on this page is uh is pretty low i think there's a there's um a lot that's suggested in this panel that isn't overtly drawn um, and, you know, going through these sequences, um, in the trees, you know, in the forest, the trees are very, um, very simply drawn. And then, um, all of their like leaves and foliage and stuff are implied with these really, um, really smart, very beautiful, uh, you know, colors that he brings in. And when I say that the line work, uh, is simple, I mean only that. Um, it is very, de- very deliberate. I don't mean to, <laughs> I don't mean to undermine, um, Robert's talents because they are, uh, immense and at some points really breathtaking. But I think that, um, he employs a lot more cartooning than I gave him credit for earlier in the book. Um, um, and cartooning as I defined it, as I point to the sort of greats, um, 
of the past. Uh, that's the cartooning I mean, is that he really implies a lot with fewer lines, which leads to a much more um, powerful presentation. So I don't know if he switched his style up slightly. You know, I haven't gone back to look at those early issues to see if things look different or whether this is just, um, you know, a journey that I'm sort of going through in how I interpret his artwork. Um, but I am, uh, you know, just continually thrilled with how good this this book looks. But I, I guess I'll try to wrap it up there. Um, I could go on forever. Uh, I will say that uh, th- this book, for those who haven't read it, features some guest stars, um, and it's lovely to see them uh, drowned by Robert Hack. Super, super fun. Um, creepy stuff, um, fun stuff, gory stuff, um, you know, psychological stuff. It's really uh, terrifying on a lot of levels. There's so much going on. There's so many plot threads. There's so much beautiful art. Um, and it's a dense read. Um, you really, uh, you can't breeze through it. You go, you go through, at least I do, go through it uh, pretty slowly and are pretty bummed when it's over. Um, and I don't want to fail to mention that there's a great reprint of a classic, uh, looks like 70s style, Sabrina story, uh, scripted by Dil- Dick Malgram, uh, with pencils by Dan DiCarlo, inks by Rudy LePic, letters by Billy Yoshida, and colors by Barry Grossman. Um, that is quite a team. Um, and it's a fun, old-school story, which looks really, really interesting, uh, printed on this uh, this paper stock. I love the paper stock. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I could go on forever. Um, great issue, great value, uh, tremendous um, you know, worth the wait every time. So, uh, go out and get it, catch up, uh, go and read Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. All right, folks, Archie News this week. In Archie News, um, not a ton to talk about. Uh, we'll breeze through this pretty quickly. Um, but the reviews for Archie number one continue to roll in and continue to be kind of uniformly and unanimously positive. That's fantastic. Um, I'm hearing from a few folks here and there. Uh, We'll hear from somebody later in the show um, who uh, has picked up this issue and is is that issue one and has come into reading Archie Comics. That's super exciting. So um, (laughs) if you want to read a slew of positive reviews for Archie number one, um, it's you're only a Google search away. Um, so that's fantastic and, and, and exciting to hear for sure. Um, the only other news I want to mention this week is that Comic Book Resources this week posted a rundown of what went down at the Archie Forever panel at San Diego Comic-Con. So you can head over to comicbookresources.com and check that out. Um, not a lot of new information necessarily. Um, not a lot of big announcements made that we haven't already, you know, talked about here or talked about on the video show. But within this article, there are a lot of direct quotes from uh, from creators, from creative teams, um, and from you know editors and folks at, at Archie Comics. So definitely worth a read to go through. Um, I'm sure that if you go through with a fine-tooth comb, you can pick out some little uh, bits of information uh, or draw some conclusions that you couldn't have drawn before. Um, but uh, a good read, um, and always good to see uh, coverage of uh, Archie at these big conventions. I love it. So head over and check that out.
All right, new releases, new releases for this past Wednesday, July 29th. Of course, our book of the week, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, number four. Uh, be on the lookout. There are two different covers for that, uh, both by Robert Hack. Uh, both really, really beautiful. Um, and I think they came out in equal supply, so you should be able to track down whichever one you would like. Also out this week, Sonic Boom, number 10, also happens to be the 10th part of the World's Unite crossover. Um, we've got variant covers on that as well. Um, of course, the uh, big connecting um, uh, covers Unite um, <laughs> variant by Ben Bates, as well as a Patrick Spaziante cover and a Riley Brown variant cover. And looking ahead to next Wednesday, August the 5th, we've got uh, Archie Comics Annual Digest number 263 as well as the Fox number five. Um, awesome. This is the wrap-up. This is the fifth issue of the five-part Fox Hunt storyline. I'm really, really excited to see how this wraps up and whether there's going to be any further announcements about the Fox uh, continuing after this. Um, we've got uh, a ton of variant covers on that as well. We'll be looking at those uh, this coming Tuesday on the Welcome to Riverdale video show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Official, uh, We'll be showing you uh, all of the covers for that. Um, they're all beautiful and exciting. And to wrap up new releases this week, uh, your digital exclusive of the week is Betty and Veronica Lifeguards on Duty. That is your 100-page digital exclusive of the week. Uh, so there you have it, your new releases for this past Wednesday, the 29th, this coming Wednesday, the 5th, and your digital exclusive of the week from Archie Comics. All right, folks, this week we have a voicemail. I love getting voicemail, answering voicemail, listening uh, to voicemail. So if you want to get your question heard on the show, you can go ahead and call and leave a voicemail at 573-427-2443. That's 5734-ARCHIE. So let's get into it. Let's listen to this call. Hello, my name is Brandon Noel. I'm a uh, cartoonist and a bit of a comic book historian. I just found your podcast after reading Archie Number One, and uh, as a bit of a historian, I went down the rabbit hole of Archie. And one of the things I find myself really falling in love with is the radio show from 1946. So I'm just curious, John, if you have any uh, uh, episodes from the radio show that you really enjoy. I know I'm really uh, falling in love with with the old uh, timey radio show. Um, thank you again, and uh, have a good day. Awesome. Brandon, first of all, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. I'm um, excited that you uh, that you read and enjoyed Archie number one. Um, I'm sure you heard on the episode, I also read and enjoyed Archie number one. Um, and I totally, totally relate with you uh, in going into the rabbit hole, as you say, of uh, going back and researching things and, and digging things up and reading things. And I'm not sure if you're aware, I mean, maybe this is where you're listening to the radio shows, uh, but I just wrapped up a year-long project, um, almost 50 episodes, of uh, collecting and presenting the original Archie radio show. 
That is called uh, the Riverdale Podcast presents the Archie Andrews Old Time Radio Show. You can find that on iTunes. You can also find that at my website, RiverdalePodcast.com. So, um, yeah, so I listened to every episode I could find of the original um, Archie Comics radio show. And I, a lot of them tend to kind of blur together uh, because the format is so particular and so specific. Um, it is, uh, it, it very much is, is by the numbers in terms of, um, you know, something happens, something else happens. <laughs> there's a big misunderstanding. Everyone yells, everyone understands. And then there's a tag at the end of the episode. That's sort of a, a, a fun joke. So a lot of them t- tend to weave together in my head. Um, but I am really, um, particularly, I enjoy the, um, the Christmas shopping episode. Uh, I presented that, obviously, on the Old Time Radio podcast, um, but I also presented it on this feed um, a couple years back um, around Christmas time for folks to listen to. But that's a, that's a, a really cool story. It's got um, you know a, a couple guest stars. It all takes place mostly in a department store around Christmas time. And, you know, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Um, it's a it's a fun story. There's good acting in it. That's probably my favorite episode. And there are a couple different versions of that. That is something that they um, not re-ran technically at Christmas time, but something they re-performed um, a couple of times. So there's versions of that from, from at least two different years, I think, in existence. So that's something cool to check out. I would also recommend if you are excited about the old time radio shows, I would really, really suggest going back to the, um, the Bob Montana, um, daily strips and Sunday strips there. Uh, you know, Bob Montana uh, created the original likenesses of the characters and, uh, worked on the comic books initially for the first few years and then went over to the comic strip and did the daily strip and the Sundays for ever for like, you know, 20 years or more. Someone will correct me on that, but well into the sixties, um, you know, from, I guess, I guess from the forties, like up into the, the late sixties, um, someone will, someone will write in with specific dates there, uh, but go and check those out. Um, he, he has an, an amazing sense of comedic timing and in the early strips, um, there's a, uh, just a, a remarkable sense of telling a complete story in, you know, four or five panels. Um, having funny gags in nearly every panel. Um, and then also each of those panels contributing to a larger story. There's a large storyline about them, uh, Archie and Jughead and folks, going to like a summer camp and uh, you know all the adventures that they have there. And that's a, you know, a storyline that will run for a couple months. But each individual strip um, tells its own sort of short, funny story, but also lends itself to this larger narrative. Um, just just exceptional work. Um, really, really great cartooning. And, you know, set in that same era as the, the radio show. So I feel like they really complement each other. So thanks again very much, Brandon, for writing in. Um, I am excited. I'm excited that you're sort of newly jumping into Archie. That's, that's a, really, a really cool thing. So uh, welcome to the club, I guess. Um, And again, folks, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, you can do so by calling 573-427-3000. 
888-888-2443. You can also write in to Riverdale Podcast at yahoo.com. You can catch me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Riverdale Podcast, and on Twitter, twitter.com slash Riverdale Pod. All right, folks, on the way out today, I want to remind everybody that we update every Saturday morning. There's a brand new episode of the Riverdale podcast every Saturday morning waiting for you. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can stream the episode from RiverdalePodcast.com or ArchieComics.com. If you're listening on iTunes, please do write a review. Um, Those are super helpful, and I really, really appreciate them. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed this podcast, you will probably want to check out Welcome to Riverdale. That's a weekly video series that I produce over at the official Archie Comics YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Archie Comics official. Find my smiling face every Tuesday. So head over there, uh, subscribe, don't miss an episode. So thank you guys very much for listening. Be sure to get in touch. My name is Jonathan, and I will see you again next week right here in lovely Riverdale, USA.